Join me every month for the inspiration to find your finish line. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Find Your Finish Line, presented by Activice, the official topical pain relief partner of Ironman. I'm Mike Riley, your host, and thank you very much for joining us. This podcast is not only about you being able to find your finish line at a race or an event, but in life. Every day, we have to jump over those hurdles to make sure we do well in sport and in life. And the guests I have on hopefully inspire you to do the very same. And my guest today, I'm very proud to have him on again, is Kyle and Brent Peace. Hello, brothers. Hello, Mike. <laughs> it's good to see you, Mike. Good to see you guys. Well, the Peace Brothers are four-time Ironman finishers. They did the 2018 Ironman World Championship in Kona, which we'll talk about. And they just recently ran the Boston Marathon. Hey, congratulations on that. That's great. They, they, it was uh, outside of Kona. It was, it was one of the best days as an athlete. So it was. I enjoyed to always share that with my brother and I to bring a couple of athletes from the Kyle Peace Foundation as well. And it's interesting because I've talked to so many people that have done Boston that are triathletes. They say the very same thing, Kyle. Oh my gosh, this was like Ironman. Because even though it's just a marathon, obviously you're just running the 26.2, not just, but the, the aura and the spirit and the passion of the event really uh, is on that Ironman level. There's, there's no doubt about that. Uh, I, I want to touch on this right away, Brent, because before the broadcast started, you told me that you're sequestered, your wife has COVID, uh, you, you, you know, are keeping away from the family, you're testing uh, negative every day, which you're doing. And, uh, but how, how's your children? How's, how's your son? Um, everybody's good. Um, so far, just, we're just keeping an eye on things and, um, I'm able to keep training or right now just recover from Boston. Um, so we're just keeping an eye on it. It's really unfortunate. Thankfully, um, my wife has mild symptoms right now. Um, but you know, it, this is, this is the world we live in. I mean, you know, we were worried about this, you know, even just traveling to Boston, having to get on planes and do things that we weren't doing a year ago. And uh, hopefully it stays that way because Con and I are looking forward to continuing to be able to do this stuff together. Uh, we really, really missed that stuff last year. And that has to be a concern because Kyle obviously has cerebral palsy and, and uh, you want to make sure that uh, his immune system stays strong and, and obviously doesn't catch COVID. So when, when uh, you found out some in your family had it, was that a concern for you? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And it was, I mean, at the beginning last year of all this, mm -hmm. you know, the only time Kyle and I saw each other was after like two months and I was sitting in a car in a mask and Kyle was in a parking lot, you know, 10 feet away in a mask because we just did not want to get Kyle sick. Um, and we still didn't even know what was going on. I mean, thankfully we just got a 26.2 mile training session <laughs> in together. So I think if, if I'm able to keep training the next couple of weeks, even if we can't get, this is normally the time when we'd be spending more time together training, um, that we've gotten enough in that Kyle should be physically ready. He's always mentally ready, but, um, we'll just keep an eye on things. We won't get together until we know that it's safe. Um, and Kyle's even tested a couple of times as well, just to make sure 
since obviously uh, we were right on top of each other for three hours on right, Monday. Right. Well, I have to tell you too, right up front on on your book Beyond the Finish, uh, which which I adore. Kyle, you wrote an inscription in here. In the inscription at the end, you said, "Find your finish." I was thinking about the the title for the show as "Find Your Finish Line," and I have to tell you that prompted me to say, "Well, that's it." I mean, find your finish line. So, thank you very much. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Can you believe? Since 2011, when you guys did your first triathlon at St. Anthony's down in down in Florida, and here it is, 2021, 10 years later, that you would have accomplished everything that you've accomplished thus far. 10 years. That's gone by, hasn't it? Yeah. If you just yesterday, I asked my brother in Louisville, because people were wheelchair to do Ironman, um, and, you know, there's not a day that doesn't go by where I'm grateful for, for Ray and what we have accomplished together. Um, especially in Boston this past week, everything kind of came full circle, uh, with the passing of Dick Hoyt and everything that he had done for, for the sport. Um, it really, it really was a true honor to, to raise your boss. See, it's a race over the past 10 years with my brother. Yeah, that that's it, it's a special bond, and I, I love seeing it, and more brothers and sisters and family members need to have that type of bond. But your family, not but, but your family has been your foundation for your success, from everything, from the inclusivity of playing games together. You even said your mom and dad were your were your first coaches for you and uh, Brent and your and your brother Evan? Uh, how do you believe that foundation has made you into the person you are today? I mean, they they just started it from day one. You know that Kyle was going to be included. I mean, when Kyle was born in 1985, um, and even in 1985, there was always discussions around you know the life that Kyle would have if if he would live and you know live past ten, if he would live in a home or a group home. I mean. You know, those are the conversations that people were still having. And, you know, my parents never hesitated that Kyle would live and live a normal life and do everything that everybody else did. And so that was always the example. And when Kyle and I wrote that inscription and in, in, or the dedication in the front of our book, we both instantly knew that that was it. And when we started doing sports, you know, our mom or our dad were the ones that taught us how to do it and that pushed us to do it and that encouraged us to include Kyle. And so that foundation is something that when we look back on it, when we think about not just the last 10 years, but our entire lives of this is what it's really all been about, about including and living and, and finding that finish. Yeah. I mean, like I'm on, I know we started um, before the podcast talking about the braids of the Dodgers. I prayed in the NLCS, and I remember our mom taught us how to keep score. And, of course, nobody keeps score now unless you're a broadcaster. But, like, our mom gave us that foundation. It gave us the rubber sport. So, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I still remember putting a K in the scorebook and all that. So, uh, yeah, good times. Well, I know exactly what you're talking about, being in a baseball family of keeping the book 
Uh, and, and I'm trying to pass that on to my grandchildren who are playing baseball at six and three years old. So keeping the book has to live on. Uh, thank goodness for your mom teaching you, teaching you guys that, uh, that is, that is great. But mom and dad probably never envisioned Iron Man, did they? I mean, I don't, I don't think that was, uh, I mean, my mom was a runner, you know, but she never, she never did half marathons or marathons. I mean, she just ran for fitness. And so I don't think there was ever visions of, um, of doing a marathon or an Ironman or anything like that, or even a 10 K, you know, but that I'm glad we found it because we've found a way to tap into Kyle's competitive spirit. We found a way to enjoy something together that we get to still spend time to with each other. I mean, we might have to suffer a little bit to enjoy it, but um, it's a special thing that we've really stumbled into here. And, you know, even if we didn't come from a family of endurance athletes, uh, we certainly came from a, a sports family. Um, although my dad did does have the claim to fame of winning a one mile bike race in a pair of Chuck Taylors, as he likes to <laughs> still brag about to this day. You know how many people out there go, what, what are Chuck Taylors? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, when you did your first triathlon, at St. Anthony's in Florida. Uh, you know, when I see the pictures, you guys, of the bike and you wanted to have, you know, Kyle to be up front, which is fantastic. Right. But the thing looked like it weighed 4,000 pounds. <laughs> Tell us about pushing that thing around. I mean, it was an, the joke now is that it was an ice cream truck. I mean, the bars were in my armpits. Um, for the, for the tech savvy folks, Mike, it had an eight gear internal hub, which itself was like 30 pounds. Oh my God. Um, so I think it was about 400 pounds of rolling weight between the two of us and all that steel. Uh, but it's one of the most amazing experiences we've ever, and we didn't know any better. We, we had never done anything like this. And so if you told me that I had to ride that bike in Hawaii or Florida or anywhere else, else I'd tell you I'm retiring and I'm done with the sport. Um, but it, it was just such an amazing experience just to be able to do that and to say we were doing it. But yeah, we look back and we still own that bike. Uh, um, and it is, I, I can't, I don't even know how we finished the triathlon when I ride that thing now. Kyle, I've talked to a lot of, uh, athletes like yourself who are in that bike or in that chair and you're up front and you are, you are competing. Take us through that in your mind, how you are competing in that race, just like Brent is, because you are. Yeah, I, you know, I feel like I'm a good jockey. You know, I have to focus on, on, on my body first, making sure that, you know, I don't spasm or, you know, making sure that I feel comfortable or as comfortable as I can because nobody is comfortable with the bike after eight hours. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm there to encourage Brent and to, to help him focus on, on the task at hand and, and get to get through mile by mile. You know, if you look at it, you know, a hundred and twelve miles can be very overwhelming. And I like to break it down and to focus on the next mile, you know, so when we get to mile one, Let's focus on two, and then, you know, focus on every mile. It's there, focusing on the eight-hour day. I mean, Kyle's still sore from Boston. 
you know, it beats his body up something else too, because he sits in that wheelchair for 16, 18 hours a day. And so to ask his body, sometimes it's hard for people to see that, but they also don't have to live the life that Kyle lives. They don't sit in that wheelchair all day long. And so then to get out of that chair and to push himself through 140.6 miles of racing, you know, beats him up. And I think, you know, the other part too, and Mike, I think you said this to us last year when we were all talking is that the amount of mental energy that Kyle exhausts in these races is there's not a lot of people that, that experience that on a race course. I certainly don't, but you know, Kyle has to always be positive. He can never look at me and go, I want to quit. You know, he's always trying to talk me into pushing myself a little harder. I mean, he was at, at Boston on Monday I could hear him over the crowds because he was screaming so loud at me, trying to get me up those hills up to Newton. And imagine how hard that is mentally, not to mention the physical stuff he's experiencing. And so it's always fun for me after the fact to be able to kind of relive those moments to realize how hard he pushes himself to get to that finish line too. Yeah, and we'll talk about that too, about the conversation you two had with one another, some aggressive conversation and loving conversation in Kona. But after St. Anthony's, Kyle, two years later, you guys found yourself at the start line of Ironman Wisconsin for your first Ironman. Who made that decision between you two? Hey, let's let's do an Ironman. Well, not this guy. I can I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> when, uh, uh, with was um, second special race, and um, it, it it will be one that. Um, We'll go with the memory book for sure. Um, just the crowd and the atmosphere and, um, and just, you know, be there with somebody that you love so much in Brit and, um, just, you know, really accomplishing something and showing people what is possible. You know, after all, that's what I am in mantra is, is anything is possible. And I believe that I'm a really good example of that every day. Well, just to be able to like do that first race in St. Anthony's was, was the first, well, really Louisville was the first eye opener, just watching and experiencing that. And so as we finished St. Anthony's, it was like, well, let's try something a little bit harder. Let's see if we can do that. And so we did New Orleans 70.3 and, you know, we just kept pushing the envelope for us. It's where we were, we were capable of 70 miles of racing or, and we just kind of kept building up. And, you know, when, when it got to 2013, it was time to sign up for races. We said, let's try it. Um, and that, that just began the conversation of, well, we need time to train. We need to find the right race. And, you know, before we knew it, we were signed up and training for our first Ironman. So it wasn't, there wasn't, I don't think that moment was the spark of like, Hey, we're doing an Ironman. I think it was, we just finished a 10 K. Let's see if we can go further this time. Let's see if we can go. You know, immediately after, um, I thought, wait, do we will I went on YouTube and just started watching the Hoyt and what they did. And it was just amazing. And, you know, I wanted to be a continent, you know. And so it just really inspired me um, to become an athlete and to do it with somebody you love. is very special. Yeah, and you guys didn't exactly pick the easiest bike course with Wisconsin either, no. did you? <laughs> No, but you know what, Mike, I think Kyle and I are, have had a lot of good fortune in the 10 years that we've done this. And, you know, Wisconsin was kind of the option that was given to us just at the time, what Ironman felt most comfortable having teams like us on a course. 
And I'm really glad that that was our first one because we really got to understand what we needed to be able to one day go to Kona. Because once we signed up for, for Wisconsin, we knew we were going to try and get into Kona. And, you know, so we had that experience. We had wind at Ironman Florida the following year. And we got to experience what it was like trying to bike with Kyle in windy conditions. And, you know, we did hot races and we like everything we experienced, we would always come back. I, I remember after Wisconsin, I said to our bike mechanic, I said, uh, this guy, Curtis, who builds the bikes, I said, Curtis, we'll never finish Hawaii on this bike. We have to go back to the drawing board. And after we did Florida with the wind, I said, Curtis, we'll never finish Hawaii if there's wind that day without a different bike setup. And so everything we did, you know, you talk about athletes, like Kyle's having these conversations with people, with mechanics, with coaches, figuring out one day we're going to be in Hawaii. We're going to be on, on the big island and we're going to finish that, that race you know, one way or the other, let's make sure everything else is taken care of. Wow. That's, that's something else because you, we, we tend to forget about all the ancillary things that, that we as athletes do, but you guys, it's like double or tripled because of uh, the logistics of it all. That's, that's just amazing to me. And then, mm -hmm. and then you get to Kona 2018. You were like, Two kids in a candy store on that island, weren't you, <laughs> before that race? <laughs> <laughs> it, it absolutely. We were, you know, we were fans of, you know, we wanted to seek you out. We wanted to talk to the pros. We wanted to, you know, our, our crew that was with us had to keep making us go back to our hotel to rest because <laughs> we wanted to experience everything because we, we didn't know if we'd ever go back again. You know, we thought this might be the one and only opportunity we get and we want to soak it up. We wanted to go to the underpants run and we wanted to go to, uh, you know, Lava Java and the expo, everything. And we just didn't want to miss it. And um, you're right. I mean, we were two kids in a candy store at, at, in one of the best playgrounds I've ever been to. Yeah. And, and, you know, being a part of Rick and Dick Hoyt, who obviously you guys know the history and inspiration for you. Uh, we all wanted to be a part of your journey too on that island because uh, you're continuing that tradition of those two finishing that race, uh, father son, and now brother brother. We couldn't, as fans, we couldn't ask for more. But then there's race day and there's race morning, and uh, Kyle, you know how nervous Brent was. He, I, I, I think he almost wanted to throw up. He's crying in the water. The guy's, he's a, he's a, he's a mess at the beginning of the race. How did you, <laughs> uh, how, how were you able to calm your brother? Because you know him better than anybody. Yeah. As you know, I think we, by the time we got in the water, a big wave came crashing over me. And that, that really overwhelmed me. And it got me nervous the whole time before, you know, I would just, you know, try to stay calm and stay quiet. And before a race, um, believe it or not, me and Brett, we really don't say a whole lot to each other until, you know, we get in the swim. And uh, when we got in the swim, I knew it was go time. And Brett said a couple words to me. Now, I don't know whether he cried or not, but... Uh, that's up for debate, but um, <laughs> I knew that when we got out to a calmer water, um, that that we had to really focus on the task at hand, and and that was each other and the amazing course that um, Kona has to offer. You know, Mike Kyle does this thing that I don't think he realizes. 
because he gets so intense and it's this really exciting thing for him because he knows what he's about to put himself through. And he had on these, he had on his fancy Oakley shades because <laughs> we knew he was going to be staring at the sun for an hour and change. But I could feel his eyes burning through the glasses. And as I was getting emotional and as I, like you said, I mean, I was a nervous wreck. Um, I mean, I could barely swallow. And he just looked at me and was like, you got it. You're, you're ready. You know, and I could just feel that. And that became the calming presence of no matter what happens today, I can lean on that young man in front of me and I can watch his determination every time I get nervous or scared or struggle. And it's the beauty of the partnership we have as athletes. And it's, it's just our relationship as brothers. It's what we've experienced together our whole lives, whether it was a you know, playing in the street, whether it was a birthday party, you know, just things that we experienced as, as kids, it comes out on the race course and, and his intensity is uh, pretty incredible to watch for sure. And it, it's always a calming presence. But then guys, remember, it's Kona and you know, you've got a beast of a bike course out there. You've got the climb to Javi. You're going to experience things and you knew that, experienced something that you had never experienced uh, before together. Take us through that process of that. It was like two-hour climb, get get up to Javi, and how you were, yeah. you know, you're enchanting the engine that could. I think I can. I think I can. Uh, and, and Kyle, you were saying some stuff to Brent because you knew he needed your mental strength and your words. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think on. Um I think that was the hardest part of the day um, was going up that two-hour climb. And I guess, I guess I remember, like, saying, I think I can. Like, and as we started going up the hill and I noticed that our speed was getting slower, I started getting louder and louder and louder because I knew that we could do this. I knew that, you know, we, we wanted it. For eight years, we wanted to be a part of the Super Bowl of Ironman. So I knew I, I had to, you know, put my my best wheel forward and, and you know, just enjoy the moment and soak it all up, soak everything up about what the Ironman had to offer. You know, it was the one place on the court. I mean, we were fortunate in 18 that the wind wasn't, the winds weren't very high that day, but the one place where we felt it was going up to Javi and whether they were blowing at a hundred miles an hour or five miles an hour, it wouldn't have mattered because we could just feel that intensity. Um, uh, we could feel that intensity while we were on the bike and we could feel that wind. Um, and so it was just really challenging, um, for us going through that, that stretch of road and, you know, Kyle got louder and louder and, and pushed harder and harder. And there was even times where there was a little bit of frustration between us, you know, but Kyle shifted it really quickly by starting over. And so he went from yelling back to just talking to me quietly, you know, and that that just became the dialogue, whatever it took to get through that stretch of road. But what I found so precious, uh, obviously, family members, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll point out brothers don't tell each other they love one another as much as they should. And. That's the type of questions you were asking one another. Do you love me? Uh, Kyle, you even asked, Brent, do you, why do you love your wife? I mean, that's pretty deep conversation when you're out there on the lava fields. How'd you feel that was going to, to, to help you? Uh, 
I just, I felt like we had done so many, this was our, this was our fourth Ironman and we had been through it all so many times. And I just felt like a lot of times it's just the motivating stuff. It's just the, the little engine that could, it's the cheers and the chants and the yells. And I, I had actually said to my coach before, I said, I, I kind of want to ask Kyle something a little bit deeper because I know the emotion that Kyle shares with himself and with a lot of other people around him. And he doesn't always share that part of himself with me. Um, on a race course, we do it off the course. And when I first asked him that, you know, I could sense the frustration, but then, you know, what I said was, you know, Kyle, why do you love me? And it was almost like, what are you asking me this for? (laughs) We're in the middle of a championship race. But then he realized what was happening and he shifted. He said, well, tell me why you love your wife. And then all of a sudden we both relaxed. And this was coming, this was kind of right before the big parts of the descent coming down from Javi. And right as we were starting it, you know, as we were finishing that dialogue, I said, well, Kyle, look at the ocean, look at this view. And then Kyle did that intent, his intent, his, his determination. He said, okay, it's time to focus. And then that became our mantra for the back half of that bike course, where every time one of us would drift and we would go some other direction, the other person would just say really loudly, focus. You know, Kyle said, what mile are we at? And I said, focus, we're at mile hundred. And then I said, Hey, we're at mile one Oh five. He said, that's great. Focus. You know, so it became it, it, but it helped us get to that place. And so, you know, whether it was a good idea or a bad idea, it doesn't matter because it, it just worked for us. And, and shoot, I mean, people ask us a lot. They'll say, well, how did you get through Boston or what did you, you know, I was like the conversation shifts every single time. And it's not this one thing that works for us every single time. Sometimes Kyle will start to chant the little engine that could. And I want to take his helmet <laughs> off and say, stop it. I've had enough of this little engine. But, you know, so was was it the right moment? I think looking back, it was because I got to I got to hear the things that I knew, and Kyle got to hear things about me that he hadn't heard me say out loud, and it was just a special part of that race course for us both. And it was special, a special finish bringing you guys in, uh, <clears throat> and being able to see the looks of the the people in the in the crowd, the, all the spectators, and and the appreciation of it all. Did it? Did that moment sink in? for you, Kyle, right away? Or was it a little while after like, oh my gosh, we did Kona. When did that moment sink for you? When I heard your voice. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, like, I, you know, every, every finish line is, is magical. But there's something about, about Kona. And, you know, I say this, when we speak to groups, you know, that I've never been able to walk. And, but when I was going, uh, when I was going through the red carpet in Kona, I could feel the vibration through the wheel that was going to every part of my body from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Like, I could feel the vibration. And that's when it clicked, like, wow, we did this. And we did this together. And it's something that I don't take for granted because I don't know if our opportunity will present itself again. But if we get one of those moments that you want to bottle up and you want to put in your back pocket. So when you do have down days, which we all do, you know, I can throw upon that cone and finish and hear your voice you know, it just makes it all better. 
Appreciate that. Uh, it, it, it makes us better, uh, Kyle. Always, always know that and remember that. Hold on, everyone. We'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. As an endurance athlete, you're constantly pushing your body to new limits, searching for your personal best for the next finish line. If you're training for an endurance event, whether short distance or long distance, proper recovery is the key to you unlocking your potential. As the official topical pain relief partner for the Ironman US series, Activice's lineup of topical cooling gel, roll-on and spray features 8% menthol and eucalyptus oil to provide the instant icy relief you need to recover smarter and faster. The water-based non-sticky formula withstands sweat to keep up with the demands and exertion of race day. Don't let muscle pain or sprains hold you back from reaching your potential, from reaching your personal best. Shop the Activices lineup on Amazon today for the support you need to find your finish line. Uh, Brent, I, you know, something you wrote or said uh, could have been in the book about how, you know, you give your legs to Kyle, but he gives you his, uh, his spirit. Uh, and I want to tell you, I think each and every athlete out there that's racing by themselves wish they had someone in their lives like a Brent and Kyle to be able to get them through 140.6 miles. But now you guys, after Boston, that's not enough. You're coming back and you're doing Ironman Florida. What, where was the decision process to do another Ironman this year? Huh? <laughs> my, my, well, well I, I, I told, I, that's a great question because I told Fred, <laughs> After we finished it in 2014, that there was no way that, that I would do that race again. <laughs> um, but here we are now. So, okay. Um, it was the, it, it, when we did it in 14, Mike, it's the hardest day we've ever had on a race course. I mean, it was just brutal, brutal conditions. It was in the 30s, it was the wind was gusting up to 40 miles per hour, or 30 miles per hour. It was just a really challenging day. But what actually happened is we've got a group of guys here. Um, that uh, are big supporters of our foundation, and they've been doing Ironman Florida for several years now. And um, the Kyle Pease Foundation was struggling with our fundraising earlier in the year, as a lot of nonprofits were. Uh, just without getting into it too much, just a lot of nonprofits saw a big drop off at the beginning of this year. And so, as we were trying to come up with ideas and watching races get canceled, races yeah. that we would typically raise money for, one of the one of the guys in this group um, who also happens to have a daughter with cerebral palsy, he said, "Well, let's let's go ahead and do Ironman Florida." He said, "I want you to call them and see if we can do the charity bib program." So we reached out, and they had opportunities available. So we we bought the charity bibs, and we sold them out in about two days. We couldn't believe our luck. So he says, call back, see if you can get some more bibs, but tell them you're not going to do that unless they let you and Kyle race. Um, and so I called back and said, here's what we're thinking. Kyle and I would actually like to race now. And um, I don't know if that's an opportunity. And we'd also like to buy some more bibs um, because we've run out. And they said, OK, well, let us check. We need to check with the folks here just from a safety perspective. And they came back and they said, you guys can race. Um, we're going to let you help us figure out if this is a course that's viable, um, for more teams to come behind you and do this race again. And so it wasn't, uh, and then of course all that has happened and I haven't even talked to Kyle yet. So I called Kyle. I was like, Hey, by the way, we're going to raise $150,000. We got 15 <laughs> people racing. And Oh, by the way, you and I are athletes number 14 and athletes number 15. Are you okay? 
And Kyle goes, what about Boston? I said, no, no, we'll do it after Boston. So, um, you know, how we felt on Tuesday, probably probably weren't thinking that was a great idea. But, you know, today now we're just energized um, because it is special for us to be able to race with people. I mean, one of the things that made Kona so special is with all of our family and all the supporters from our group here in Atlanta, there was over 70 people on the island there to cheer us on and, and support us and and. I'll, a lot of different ways. And now we're going to be down there with 15 people that have helped bridge the fundraising gap that are supporting more inclusive opportunities for people like Kyle. And it, it motivates us to be excited about that opportunity to, to want to do the opportunity again. And so just do us a favor, Mike, and please make sure it's not 30. <laughs> I'll bring San Diego weather. I promise. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and Kyle, the Kyle peace foundation, you thought about that and started that early on, about nine years ago or so. And and what was probably the biggest reason why you believed you and Brett needed to have a foundation? I think um, I wanted to start it because I wanted to give other people with disabilities hope and to show them what was possible. So that's why I started, you know, yes, we have a mission to improve the lives of people with disabilities through sports. But my, my, my goal is when they cross the finish line at any one of our races is to see them smile and to forget about their disability for a couple of hours. That's why I started it. And it, it just, it, it gave me so much joy and, and I'm so proud of all of our athletes who are associated with the foundation. Well, Kyle, when I, you know, knowing you and thinking about, you know, the, the, the toughness of your life compared to uh, so many others, you said one time that every day for you can be an Ironman. Uh, and when you just said, you know, you wanted to give people a chance to smile for a few hours because they finished a race and stuff like that, that is fantastic. But... Is every day an Ironman for you? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. You know, you we all go through highs and lows, and some of our lows are more noticeable than others. And uh, But, you know, that's why I have, you know, my brother and my family and, and people like Emily, who you met earlier, they, you know, just, just be there for support. And and I'm so grateful for everybody that, that's in my life. Well, Brent, uh, this journey, because you've always talked about the journey being the ultimate of everything, uh, do you appreciate the journey more than the finish line? Oh, well, I mean, they're both special. But, I, you know, what, what I experienced with Kyle and Kona was the culmination of seven years of being together in ways that a lot of people in their thirties are not siblings, families, and, you know, training together all summer in Georgia was a wonderful way to spend time with Kyle and, and get to get to talk and live and just experience life together. And so in a lot of ways, that's a sweeter part of this whole experience, you know, being in Boston with Kyle, you know, the marathon was special, but you know, what was also great was, being and having dinner together every night and waking up and, you know, having breakfast in the lobby together. And, you know, those are the memories that I, I think about as we're crossing the finish line, you know, that 
that finish line in Kona was hard. And we, I mean, finding that finish was so difficult, more difficult than either of us had ever imagined. And what I was thinking about coming down that shoot was being together in August in the Georgia heat of picking Kyle up and carrying him when he was six years old and just all those things flooded. And it was, you know, this massive emotional experience. So the finish line isn't just this one moment for me. It's a culmination of everything that took us to get there. And I think that's what keeps us coming back because we get to add another story, another journey to the, to the team P's narrative. And you know, my guy, I think one thing that really, Stood out where we were at Kona that one of our athletes with the Coyote Foundation tested me and Brett and said, we really the world championships, we're all in the world championships. So that was just, it was a lot of pressure, but it was good pressure, you know, that, that people were, that we have a whole nother community within the foundation that looked up to us. And they and they and they want they want the best for us as well, and that was a very cool, cool, um, cool story to be a part of. Yeah, and the Ironman Ohana, as you know, is one very strong, passionate, tight knit group, and thank goodness for that because we are all so inclusive and and are able to. Uh, if we're not with one another physically, we are definitely always with one another mentally. And that, that even helps me get through so many, so many days. Hey, guys, who's your, who's your favorite pros in the sport? Who do you look up to and go, oh, my gosh, look at her, look at him? You have any? We're, we're both big Lucy Charles fans, but we're— um, Oh, that's a, sho- that's know, a shocker. Found- <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're still big Craig Alexander yeah. fans. I know he's not racing uh, Ironman anymore, but— um, you know, what was, he's always been so wonderful, uh, to Kyle. And I remember being in Kona in 19 and we were walking down Ali'i drive and we saw Craig and we both waved to him. We, we already knew each other and he stopped and he walked across the street and started talking to Kyle. And then I watched these two world champion athletes talking about the Ironman in Hawaii. And it was surreal to be standing there. So there's still part of us that remembers those athletes from 10 years ago that were motivating us then. But, you know, being a part of the the current crop of, of pro triathletes, um, you know, it's still, it's still fun for us to fan out, especially when we're not racing and we can watch their amazing performances. How about you, Kyle? Oh, yeah, without a doubt, Tio. I'm, I'm a big fan for you, Tio. Uh, I, I, I think that, you know, um, I think he he embraces um you know the sport and he loves the sport and um what he is doing to uh represent the country at at every um uh, at every Ironman that he does is special and uh I get to root for him and Rennie all the time. I think they're wonderful ambassadors for the sport. That they they certainly are Tim O'Donnell and Craig Alexander, Lucy Childers. It's it's a it's a great crop. I, I it, we are blessed to have them as part of our sport. Hey, uh, Brent, what what do you want your children to learn from Uncle Kyle? Uh, that's a great question because um, I think about it all the time. I uh, I just hope they realize that you know everybody um, has something to offer and everybody deserves to be 
treated as good as anybody else, as everybody else. And to be able to see Kyle, you know, they were at the finish line in Boston and it's really the first race that they've been at. And as with as many people as there were, I could, we, we heard them (laughs) and we went running over and they were so happy to see uncle Kyle and their dad, um, getting ready to cross the finish line. It was like, we had just won the world's, I mean, it didn't matter that there was 20,000 other runners. It just mattered that, you know, and so I just think it's so important for them to see that, you know, everybody has a purpose. Everybody has something to offer and not leaving somebody like Kyle behind, um, is a really important and valuable lesson that I can share with them on a daily basis. And Kyle, what, what message would you, would you want to pass on to your nephew's niece? Um, that anything is possible. Um, that, you know, they're, they're just great kids. Um, and I love them. And to watch my brother become a dad and to work with his wife so well on, on, you know, just raising great kids and, you know, really be inclusive with all people, whether it's me or somebody that looks different than me. It just, it always amazes me at how, how smart these two young kids are. And I'm just proud to be their uncle. It's one of the, uh, when my nephews and nieces call me Uncle Mike, it's, it's, uh, it's precious. It's, it's the best, Kyle. I know you appreciate that. Well, on Find Your Finish Line, I have a final question, and it comes out of, I have dear friends that race the Baja 1000 in trophy trucks, 1,000 miles over the desert down in Baja, Mexico. But afterwards, they get together and they call it uh, table racing, where they reminisce about the event. What went on, what good, what bad things. So I call this tri-table racing. I want you guys, uh, I know we've talked a lot about events you've done and everything, but think about something during an event that came along funny or sad or whatever that you can reminisce with us. Uh, either one of you can start. Tri-table racing. Well, yeah, the one that Kyle and I just talked about was we did this, um, we did this off-brand half-iron distance race in Goose Pond, Alabama, and it was on open roads. And so they gave us four bike escorts. Um, they, uh, they were wonderful people, but one of the, one of the escorts that was with us, she talked and Kyle and I were on the bike for almost five hours that day. And she talked the entire time. And Kyle and I kept laughing every time she would get in front of us because she would start to drift over the yellow line because she was still talking. And so we still laugh about that because she's safe and she became a huge supporter of everything that we do. But I just remember that first race being like, Oh my God, Kyle, we can never do a race on open roads again. This is wild. And she, um, she had a lot of jokes and a lot of stories. So we, Kyle and I were having a good laugh about, uh, about that one. The other so day. she was on the bike like next to you or what? She, Next to us. Yeah. Next to us. Then she'd get in front of us and then she'd drift over the yellow line because she wanted to keep talking or she'd, she'd get behind us and it was windy. And I would say, I can't hear you. So instead of blocking behind to the traffic, she'd bike up next to us again to finish telling her story. Um, so for four hours and 45, I've never been so excited to, uh, start a run, um, because, uh, because of the conversations we were having. So that was a, that was a funny, funny experience for both of us. What about you, Kyle? I think for me, this will make Brett laugh. We did, uh, we did, and Brett helped me out with the, the race that we did in Tallahassee, the ultra, the ultra. Did. 
Oh yeah, the, we did a. It was our first ultra. We did a 50k in Tallahassee. And, uh, and you know, they they are they were great folks. They really rolled out the red carpet before us. But I'm telling you, people that do ultra distance are the weird people. And I know, I know, I know, I'm, I, know I may get in trouble for saying that, but that's not my thing. Um, but what I did discover was. How much I loved tab, the soda tab, is Skittles. Um, so that's one of our great day. Um, nobody, you cannot find tab anywhere, by no, the way, which was like the original well, wait, diet. Coke. I know when 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 Kyle said tab, I go, is he talking about that old soft drink back in the yeah. day? So in in Georgia and North Florida, like up until maybe 2015, you can still find tab <laughs> in certain places. And so we're doing this ultra and Kyle's listening to these conversations these people are having. And he's like, oh, my God. He's like, I thought we were weird for doing one to do Ironmans. And we got to the first aid station and, and he was like, well, what do they have? I'm hungry. I go, they got tab and they got Skittles. He goes, sounds good. And the rest of the day, Kyle drank sugar water and, and ate sugar. Um, and we still talk about that. But we bring Skittles and then we'll bring soda to every race. So our special needs bags at every Ironman since 2011 have a soda and have a bag of Skittles in there just in case we need a little extra well, sugar. You do know it's not the real deal unless you have tab, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you can't, I, I'll tell you where they don't have tab is Kona, Hawaii. No, I haven't seen it like forever. That's just, that, that yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Those are great uh, tri-table topic stories. Thank you for sharing that because everybody seems to come up with this funny antidote to a race. And, and, uh, I always believe you got to smile and laugh at yourself out there. It makes the day go by a little quicker. Doesn't it boys? It does. Yes, it does. Well, I know, uh, uh, you're pushing through some tough stuff right now, Brent, with the, the COVID and the family. And, and, uh, are, are you two before Florida going to be able to get together and do a little more training together? We'll yeah, we'll see what next week looks like. If as long as I'm still negative, we'll figure out. Um, it, it, we'll do something provided I stay I stay negative. So we got to we got to get another bike ride in together. Yeah, at least one more bike ride, huh, Kyle? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And you and you always have my permission to push your brother as hard as you want. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I can assure you on Monday that there was. Uh, as Kyle described himself as a good jockey, he had his whip out on Monday. <laughs> good, yeah. good for him. Yeah. Well, guys, it's always a pleasure to be uh, amongst your presence. I can't wait to see you both at Ironman Florida. Uh, the best of luck with your training up until then and, and stay healthy. And, and uh, always know that finish line and I'll be waiting for you. How's that? Yeah, wait, Mike. We really appreciate you. Um, your friendship and your um and what you do for me, but I think you'll never know what you do, but hear your voice, um, it's like a calming presence. Knowing it's the edge of the race for one, but knowing that we have a friend in you is a very special to the to the both of us. Amen. I agree to that. Thank you very much, uh guys. Bless you for that. Well, what a fantastic edition of Find Your Finish Line, everybody, presented by Activize, the official topical pain relief partner of Ironman. You know, 
If you want to subscribe, please do leave us a review for the podcast. I'd certainly appreciate the, to read those. But always remember, family is everything. You keep that family close to you. It creates success in your life beyond your wildest dreams. Take care of yourself, everybody. And as always, my warmest aloha.